0: Always freak out right before, and then you get there and you're like, "Oh, I know." And then I get it.
1: Yeah. It's divine intervention. Yes. <laughs> good morning, friends. Ah, uh, good. There is somebody out there. <laughs> Feel free to uh, sit or stand and worship with us.
0: deliverance from my enemies till all my fears are gone Cha
2: Good morning everyone, how are you? Um, I'm here today to talk a little bit about God's sightings and um, how you've just seen goodness in the world, how that has played out for you. Sometimes I think when we see goodness, we may not connect it to the movement of the spirit, but in, in my eyes, anything good comes from the one who wants goodness, perfect goodness in the world and for us. Um, a couple weeks ago, I was looking at a devotional book and it was talking about a God sighting that the woman at the well had, the Samaritan woman. And um, because of that God sighting, she had this this dialogue with, with Jesus. And at first she was like, no way. And then, uh, because he told her everything about her, she was just really blown away. And she's like, huh, is this the Christ? And so she went back to town, and she shared with everyone just a few sentences about her God sighting. And because of that, so many people came to believe in Jesus and sought him out and and believed. Um, But I know that we have God sightings in our life. Um, I mean, look, look at the woman at the well. She was not a masterpiece. Jesus knew of all of her relationships that she had had and yet he saw the masterpiece in her. And I think that might've helped her for sure um, you know, sharing the message, sharing about love, uh, and making her God-siding story even bigger. So today, um, many of you know, uh, many of you are part of this family for a long time, and we'd like to share about the goodness that we've seen lately uh, in our lives. So, I would like to invite anybody up um, who would be interested in sharing about the goodness that they've seen, they've witnessed, they've experienced throughout the past week, the past month, um, to come share that. So we will all be uh, encouraged and continue to look for our God sightings. Good morning, church family. Um, I'm Deb McCormick, and our first grandbaby was born this week. Major God sighting. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, we're so grateful. It was a tricky delivery, and baby was in NICU for a while. But everybody's coming home today, and uh, praise God. Yeah. Thank you.
3: Hi, church. I'm Jenna. Um, I'm on staff here at Genesis, uh, so my God sighting was a few weeks ago. We had um, arts, beats and eats, and we parked cars in the parking lot, um, and my God sighting was our church community. We had Harvey there, umpteen amount of hours, and Annette was there, and so many people came and stayed longer than they needed to to fill our lot, to raise money, to keep our beautiful building beautiful. Um, so it's not a huge thing, but God was in our community as they rallied to serve the royal community during our Beats and Eats. We parked over 400 cars and we raised over $6,000 for our building. So
2: thank you. And thank you for doing all you do, Jenna, to make that happen. Anybody else have a God sighting? Do you wanna just come over here? Well, I have a youngest son who has been an alcoholic for, oh geez, years and years and years. But he's been in rehab now for a year, goes to church on Sunday and, has a relationship with God. So I'm just really grateful for that.
4: Hi. uh, I wasn't planning to share, but my heart's beating really fast, which is usually God's being like, all right, go ahead. Um, and I, I have four small children and don't get out much and, um, but this year I've started doing a women's Bible study with my mom at her church on Tuesday mornings and it was started this week and it was just a huge blessing. They have childcare. And so I just was with a group of women and felt super encouraged. And actually one of the songs this morning went along with something that stood out to me at that. And it was about fear and, um, we were doing Hebrews and it talked about like being a slave to the fear of death. And I don't think of myself as someone who thinks about death a lot, but I realized that I have a fear of not enough time, which is actually kind of like a fear of death. And so many people with my children's age are always telling me like, oh, it goes so fast, you know, but like it feeds into that fear of like, Wanting to enjoy these moments, but also being so tired. <laughs> um, and so just realizing that, like, God can set me free from that. For, like, it is just a, like a fear of death of not enough time. And, like, that's okay. Like, we will have eternity with Him. So that was encouraging this morning, too.
2: Thank you for coming up and sharing. Anybody else? Okay. I don't know if Bo's coming up to share or... He's going to share and then do announcements as well, I think. Yeah, yeah, I'll do that. That works. Um, this last week, I think my
5: biggest God signing, we're, we're keeping track of things that God's saying to us, and, and that can sound really intimidating if that's um, a new idea for you, that the God who created the universe speaks to you, but we think it's more common than we think, right? And not because we're awesome, we're special because God's so good, and... Um, So I was processing something last week, and it was so profound for me. It's one of those moments when God speaks so powerfully that it it changes your week, right? That's a God sighting with God's goodness. And um, I was, somebody said something mean to me on Sunday. You know, figure that, right? Somebody said something mean, right? But um, I was stewing on it all day. You you ever been there? Somebody said something kind of like snarky and pokes you. And then the whole day, and I'm not quick-witted, right? It's just not my temperament, right? And so I just take it and don't know what to do and go on, right? But um, the rest of the day I was thinking about how I wish I was quick-witted, right? And what I wish I could have said back to him in in the midst of the snarky comment. And um, Greg, who we become friends, he he popped over that night. It's like, hey, I'm gonna pop over, right? And hang out for a second and just just talk. And it just gave me a chance to process that. And I was like, man, I've been stewing on this all day right? I'm still mad. And it was just almost in that expression as I'm talking out to him, the sentence comes out of my mouth, right? And there's those moments when you say things and you're like, gosh, that came out of my mouth, but it felt like God was, right? Like you can't explain it. It was my mouth, my words, but I was like, oh goodness, that was God. And, and the sentence, and Greg, this is how I've been framing it all. Like, I thought like God was asking me a question. He was, and he asked me this question. So do you want to set fires or do you want to guide ships steer ships right that was that was the question right? and um it comes from this it's actually um some metaphors that a writer in the bible named james uses about the tongue being like a spark that can set a whole thing on set everything on fire like the fires we're seeing in california right can burn acres millions and millions of acres from a spark uh, but it also says the tongue is like something really small, like a rudder of a ship, and it can steer a ship even when the winds are against it. And so the question, like, like I was asking, is like, hey, do you want to set fires, or do you want to steer ships? And it was such a profound and simple question, because the whole day, I had been daydreaming about setting fires. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> right? I, that's, uh, right? I don't know if you guys like that. You go on Facebook, and all you're thinking about is like, I'd love to set a fire to this person, right? Or I'd like to burn this down. I'd like to do it, right? And... And, and god's like okay is that is that what you want to do you can do it burn it all down man or do you want to steer ships and sometimes it feels like when i'm steering it's just a little dinghy right a canoe a kayak right uh, an inflatable raft right but i still want to steer those and i tell you what that in that small word well when it comes from god it's big because one word can change everything right from god boom the fire was quenched, right? And so I'm thankful for the God who speaks. I'm thankful for friends who kind of pop over and will listen to my musings, right? And, and for, I'm thankful for community. Uh, and I'm thankful for that kind of, those teachings of God who wants to lead us to life. Because, I don't know, right? Because there's so much, it feels like so much is about setting fires these days. Maybe we'd be about more, Right. So, that's what I heard from God this week. How cool, huh? I'm going to write it on the board. And since I'm a pastor, you're probably going to hear that a lot. Because <laughs> I do think it was for us all. As, as the rest of you sharing, so Bonnie, what you were sharing was for us all. And Patty, what you shared was for us all. Right? And, and Deb, what you shared was for us all. And Jenna, what you shared was for us all. And how good it is. So, thank you for sharing. This is good. All right, I'm doing the announcements. This morning, or just the kind of things that we just want to paint your attention to. So first, we have this. So um, the way that we connect, right, with one another, especially as we gather as a family here, the way we share what's going on in our lives to the to the extended family. That happens in groups, but if you want to let everybody know, if you, if you want to let this community at large know about what to be praying for, what you're thankful for, we had this digital green card, we call it the digital connection card, and we text it out every Sunday morning. And so that's the way that you can fill that out. It's actually an auto-fill kind of a thing, right? So really, you pop it open, it'll put your name in, and then you just write your prayer in it, right? Or you, you let us know kind of what's going on and how we can support each other. So I want to encourage you. Pull out your phone and fill that out, right? Like, just let us know, someone that we could pray for. Let us know what's going on, what's good, the bad. But we have that there. And so since we're not doing those cards that we'd have in the pew, this is our way that we continue to let people know what's going on. So if you haven't gotten that texting that's coming to you, you can subscribe for that. We, we don't send much of anything else, um, but just for ways to connect and different things that so we think that would be you're good so um feel free to open that up right now or anytime this morning i think there's a qr code right in front of you if you want to pop it open and and fill that out if you're new if it's your first time if you want us to know you you can fill it out if you don't want to be known then you don't have to fill it out but we would love to know you that you were here so that's that one um the next thing next sunday is the 26th and we had this pattern because one of, one of those simple things that actually families do is they eat together, right? It's a really, really simple thing, but it's a really profound thing to share a meal. And so as the church community, we, we did that a lot, right? We would have this pattern of sharing a meal. And so next Sunday, we're going to share a meal and we're going to do it outside. It's going to be a beautiful day. We could do it out in our green spaces, right? And so um, Derek Crawford and I are going to smoke some meats for it. Go figure right, you know, Um, and we invite you to bring a side dish bring your favorite bring something green, if you like right bring some vegetables right (laughs) bring bring some bread bring some desserts bring whatever you like it'll be okay we're going to eat right there'll be enough, and so we want to invite you to just to be right to take a little bit more time. Um, and be with us, and we'll eat together. Um, next week, or actually starting tomorrow, maybe even today, is the festival of Sukkot. It was a biblical holiday. The festival of Booths commanded it's in Jerusalem. They're celebrating it right now, and it's remembrance of the 40 years in the wilderness that God provided right? That God was their covering. That God was their provider who fed them every day. That God was the one who sheltered them. And so you build this temporary shelter, and the roof is made of living things like tree branches. So you can see the stars and be reminded God is your covering. So when the people of Israel got out of the desert, God commanded them saying, hey, once a year for a week, I want you to build some rickety structures Go out there and live in them. It's in the fall. It's after the harvest. After you have the most that you will have for the year. And remember that God is the one who takes care of you. And so next Sunday falls on that holiday. And it's just a chance for us to remember God's our covering. To eat together, to celebrate. So even this week, if you do that and you party and you celebrate, invite people to be with you. And remember that God has seen us through a lot over this last year. Okay, so that's on the 26th that's next sunday what do you need to bring your best side dish right we want we want that that jiggly salad with the real fruit and marshmallows in it right i don't know what you guys make we want the best side dish we want the good dishes now all right if you're not a good cook you can buy chips right but if you cook we want the best to celebrate sound good Lastly, um, as you know, you saw our signs on the door for the month of September. We're saying, hey, let's wear masks in solidarity for our families and for our kids. Um, you're drinking coffee, pull it down. You're singing, pull it down, right? right. But we're, we're doing it out of love for our families, just kind of just letting everybody know that. And for this month, as children go back into school, as they started back into school, we're just saying, oh, we'll let help everybody breathe easier for that. So that's what we've been asking for the month of September. So thank you for that. All right, Oh, and for those of you who give, thank you, right? We don't pass the plate. There's a box there in the back that you can, as a way of just giving thanks to God, being generous, being a part of this family, knowing that what we're trying to do is as far as to continue to um, empower a, a family and a group of people towards their destinies in Christ Jesus. And so, thank you for the contributions. Thank you for those who've been doing that, giving that digitally and mailing in. As uh, we're not, we don't pass this plate. So, uh, you can text to give. You can sign up and do that online, um, and you can drop it in the box that's on your way out if you'd like as well. So, thank you. Let me let me give thanks to God for that. So, Father, thank you for your goodness. Thank you for providing for, for us thank you that when we are almost out of control and mad you know how to speak and so whatever you might have we come in today with right unanswered questions hardship dilemma you're good you know how to meet us be merciful god favor us god with encountering you can we praise you for patty's son for the years of addiction for the help and the solid footing that he's getting today thank you jesus thank you jesus take him by the hand and let him flourish thank you for baby bill that was born this week right and the growth of families thank you god and lord those who are in need those who are hurting in every nook and cranny we 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 pray they would flourish god and If there's opportunity for us to love and to give as your children oh Lord open our eyes to them but we ask you God meet them meet them we pray in the name of the Father the Son and the Holy Spirit amen so just for a couple minutes we're gonna we're gonna go into our values here for a minute I think I've covered everything sometimes I get too excited and I skip stuff uh, so at, at this moment here, I want to invite you. Um, we're a smaller community, right? We still have people joining on Zoom, we, and if you're on Zoom, you can use the chat, but I want to invite you to stand up, say hi to somebody, introduce yourself, um, welcome welcome those around you, and just take a minute to connect, and then we'll, we'll engage in this conversation here in a couple minutes. Today, but thank you. Thank you. You're welcome, Mo. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You're always a good helper with that. I know that I need that board again. Who to call on? Oh,
4: yeah. I did.
5: Is, uh, oh there we go thank you mark oh yeah good morning again so um we are we, teaching through our values and those are actually on the wall out there in in the lobby and values are how we live right this is like these are meant to affect our living today right they're, they're meant to be so tangible and tactile Um, they're just not niceties, right, just like nice ideas and sort of broad general things. They're meant to be pointed. They're meant to be things you can remind reminded. They're things that we know that when someone steps on it and doesn't embrace the value, you feel it. Um, And it gives you language to know why you feel it, because these are shared. These are agreed upon. These are spoken out loud as a way of kind of creating a framework for us of how we live. So we know where we're going, right? As followers of Jesus, of what we're longing to do, but it's like, well, how do we get there? How do you walk out this journey? What are those things with you? Is if you, and I had a friend who always talked about values, as a car ride, and it's like, yeah, if you know that you're doing a cross country car ride, like many of you have done, right, going to the Grand Canyon, you know the destination, but how do you get there without killing each other? That's how values play in. How are we going to live on the journey? And so that's why we share them. And so they're, they're meant to be used, right? They're, they're meant to prick us in a good way. Um, they're, they're meant to be alive. And so we hope they are. And we seem, a lot of times these values, will, our understanding will grow as we speak in tongues. Every year we talk about them, and we talk about them so often, and when you guys share the stories of them, they're they're filled with them. So the value today is this beautiful value called Everyone is a Masterpiece. Awesome value. We changed this title of this value maybe a year ago or two years ago. Ten years ago, when we were kind of creating language for the value, it was called um, everyone matters, or every person matters. But that phrase be, took on a different idea, right? That, that became a response to the challenges that our persons of color in our country were experiencing them, right? It became, a, it became something that refuted those who might be treating, being treated poorly, right? Every person matters, and we were like, oh, goodness, that's not what we're saying. We're actually trying to embrace this greater reality not to refute that if someone is, is experiencing hardship. And so we're like, what is actually the heart of this? And the heart of it was like, oh, every person, everyone is a masterpiece. And so we felt like that connected to the value without pointing to uh, any kind of ideologies that we weren't wanting to say, right? We, we were trying to say something. We wanna say something that aligns that we think aligns wholly to the gospel and purely to the person of Jesus. Everyone is a masterpiece. And Galatians 2.10, which is, or sorry, Ephesians 2.10, is just this beautiful text, right? And it, and, and it goes in and it says that we are Christ's masterpieces, craftsmanship, right? Created in Christ Jesus um, for good works that he planned for us long ago. It's this beautiful language, um, this beautiful vocabulary to speak something over us that we all need spoken, because I don't know anyone who feels like a masterpiece day in and day out. So in this value, we're not talking about perfection, we're talking about beauty. Way different, right? We are not perfection, but we are masterpieces created in the image of God. So let me read, the, let me read this value and i want to encourage you in it today and see what the lord might want to speak to us so feel free to read it out loud right let's let's um let's follow along and read with me everyone is a masterpiece each person thank you is created in the image of god entrusted with creative and spiritual gifts we are each called upon to make a unique and humble contribution in the body of Christ. It's almost like that. For those first nine words: each person is created in the image of God. Probably should have a period right there. Right? Just a full pause. Each person is created in the image of God. It's one. It's not the first, thir- first things that we learn, but it's what God tells us about ourselves, about the way in which God created things in God's image, in God's likeness, with God's fingerprint upon us. That is only spoken over humanity. Everything else that was created was created good. And it gives glory to God, right? Like it, man, it points to God. Right, Like for those of you who see beautiful sunsets and have been to, I've seen the Sequoias, right? If you've been to the Grand Canyon or Niagara Falls or up north, it brings glory to God. Or if I just looked at the stars or have explored all that, it gives glory to God. But of humanity, of us, we alone are the ones that are spoken over saying, I created you in my likeness. Something different is put on you. And it's one of those mysteries and one of those statements that is ultimately profound and significant. It's life altering for you to breathe that in and to receive that yourself, as well as to treat others as if they as well are created in the likeness of God. All of them. It's beautiful. Before I move into a couple, just a text that I want to encourage us in today about how I see this being lived out in a really cool way. I want to invite Harvey. Harvey, you in here? Oh, there you are. Come on up, Harvey. And um, Harvey and a number of friends have a missional community, a small group, a group, Bible study, whatever you want to call it. We like to call it missional communities. Um, because the, they are a community, living life authentically together. And they have a mission, meaning that they're wanting to do something, right? They're wanting to move. They're, um, they're wanting to engage toward a people that God is moving them towards. And so this is Harvey. Um, he's an elder statesman here at Genesis. If you don't know him, you should. If you don't know him, give, your, give it a couple weeks. If you're here, you will, <laughs> right? Because that's just who um, Harvey is. um, He's got a group of men that uh, meet together, and it's a wonderful, beautiful, unique community. The men that gather and encourage each other. So I wanted to give, just ask Harvey just a couple questions. You can take off your mask, they can. Here you
6: go. I'll take this off, if anybody can see what it is. uh, Dave Brown, eat your heart out. (laughs) (laughs) That's Michigan. (laughs)
5: For those of you who are into sports, yeah. So, um, so with this value that every person, right, uh, everyone is a masterpiece, and that all of us are created in the image of God is unique. God gifting us with beauty and goodness and all this. How is that lived out in your group?
6: Wow, that's a great question. How did it work out without group? Um, well, let me give you a preamble about about our group. Uh, we've been off and on for about 10 years it's actually started about 10 years ago we have we have seven members um and now before you say why it all happens to be seven men that was not by design uh, it just happened that way and we have not had any uh, ladies asked to be with our members uh <laughs> why do we even meet why do we even call it a small group i don't know i don't know what small group means if you have over seven decided to call it, a, we have a medium group that meets on Wednesdays. Uh, but it's, it's a Bible study group. And I'm, I, I'm thankful for that. Uh, and I don't have any problems saying Bible study. Some people kind of gringe at that, and uh, uh, they say, well, you must be an ev- evangelical member because that's you're gonna study the Bible. But we do, and we love it, and we've learned so much, Pastor, uh, and, and the years that we, we have met. Um, we meet because we want to do love, and we meet because we want to learn through the scriptures of what God is telling us that what we should be doing. What does do love mean? Well, you can find out what do love means if you read the scriptures and find out exactly what it is. So I am so proud and humble of our small group. We meet once a week on Wednesday nights, And uh, Pastor, I've got to tell you that we have grown so much. Uh, I I can't describe how we have grown and how much we have grown, but uh, each one of us have uh, an opportunity to meet each week, and and we we wouldn't turn that down. Um, so what do we do? We, at the, during the meeting, we'll, uh, at the end of the meeting, we'll go around in a circle and then we'll say, well, what would you like to have you pray for? And then we'll say, what are you thankful for? And then at the end, how did you advance the kingdom of God last week? Tough question, hmm. tough question. What did you do? Real quick, if I might. Well, I've got the microphone, so <laughs> I will.
5: I, I knew it was dangerous thing to answer that, mic. <laughs> you, you're gonna talk about what you want, I know.
6: That's right, that's right. Uh, how did you advance the kingdom of God? Um, one of our members was driving down the street, and they seen a, a young boy walking his bike down the street, about quarter to five in the afternoon, very upset. And he stopped the car. He said, what's going on? He said, my chain broke on my bike and I'm two miles from home. So he picked up the bike, put it in his trunk and took him home. Mom came out and he said, hi, I'm blah, blah, blah. Uh, I'm from Genesis, a church and uh, your son needed help. Advance the kingdom of God. What did she think about that? The other one we had, a member uh, down the street uh, lost her bicycle, couldn't afford to buy a new one. So he went out and found the bike took it apart put it back together painted the bike and took it down to the resident and the little girl was so happy so happy about that you know That is awesome. um here's a real simple thing that I, I, i'll be honest with you. i hope you all did this uh this lady gets up from work uh she's late the alarm didn't go off oh she's panicking i gotta get going i gotta get going she goes out to the car she's on empty oh Wow. So she goes to the gas station, gets gas, and you've sat there at that, that light. Here's the light, here's the gas station. Somebody wants to get out, right? They want to get out. She's trying to get out, and one of our members lets her in. I hope all of you have done that, right? Can I see some hands that did that, have done that? Nope. Oh, great, two people. <laughs> Was that advancing the kingdom? Well, we don't know, but I think I think she had a different attitude when she got done, didn't she? Mm-hmm. Because she was in a panic and she was crying. She didn't know what to do. But here, here's our member. Stop! Come on! Come on through! Come on! Come on! Mm-hmm. So that that's that's advancing the kingdom of God. Um, as I said, uh, Pastor, I am sometimes I don't. I, I know it's hard to believe, but I can't find a word sometimes to express myself. <laughs> Politicians are supposed to have words for everything, right? <laughs> so, folks, do what you can. Um, you can talk to me more about uh, the small groups, or medium, medium-sized groups, Bible study, Bible study group.
5: MISSIONAL and- COMMUNITY. What? <laughs> no, never mind. <laughs> Keep going. You're almost done.
6: <laughs> I'm, almost, I'm almost done. Thank you um, Pastor for letting me have the opportunity to, to talk talk about something that I love and I really do I really love that um, and that coming to this sanctuary each Sunday you know how I feel about that and I'm um, so happy that we're back and I would encourage anybody else that is hesitating about coming back because of the virus come on back uh, we're okay we're going be we're going to be good so Thank you again. If you have any questions, I'm going to be over at the senior citizen section right over there. <laughs> Thank All you. All right,
5: so did you, hear, did you hear about this, right? As Harvey's talking about a group of men, but it's open to anybody, anybody who's just looking to live out authentic community, where every person matters, where um, they're just not wanting to, like, like they say, yeah, you can call it a, a, a Bible study, but the stories they're talking about is people who, as Jesus said, who hear what I say and put it in an action—that's what i are talking about. And their mission is to be those people who would notice people who is unseen. Who, right? And if you if you know of Harvey, you know, three times a week he goes to bus stops and gives water. In the winter, three times a week he gives gloves. And you can almost say Harvey's mission is to those who don't drive, right? To love them. And so that's how they're trying to live. That's what they're trying to engage. Not ones who just study the scriptures, but to share it and then to do it. And that is awesome. So if that sounds appealing and something that you don't have in your life, jump in with Harvey in them. They're not perfect examples, right? Like you'll see their group and you'll be like, y'all crazy, right? But in a good way. But yet you're, you're, you're trying to follow Jesus, and you're doing what God says to you. So good. So Wednesday nights, grab Harvey for their community if you're interested. Harvey, thank you. Love you, friend.
6: I love you. And God, all God's people said? Amen. Amen. Thank you.
5: That's awesome. If so I... each person, everyone is a masterpiece. All right, so here's a text that I just want to encourage in this week. This was something that I was in the Scriptures. I took this week off, um, but I had this practice of engaging the Scriptures with friends, and I just felt like there was something to be, to be shared this morning. Oh, Tom, you need me to turn that off. Okay. Well, you're... <laughs> here's Luke, Luke chapter 6. Jesus has started his ministry. Um, he's been healing people. He's being watched, he's being questioned, Um, and he's got some followers with him. He's chosen them. And here in Luke chapter six, it's just a simple thing. It says, now it happened that Jesus was passing through some grain fields on a Sabbath, right? That's like, you know, the, the, the day of rest. And his disciples were picking the heads of grain, rubbing them in their hands and eating them. But some of the Pharisees said, why are you doing what is not lawful on the Sabbath? And Jesus answered them, said, have you not even read what David did when he was hungry? He and those who were with him, how he entered the house of God and took and ate the consecrated bread, which is not lawful for anyone to eat, except the priests alone, and gave it to his companions. And he was saying to them, the son of man is Lord of the Sabbath. So you might be asking, how does this apply to every person matters, right? Or to uh, sorry to everyone is a masterpiece. How does this apply to that? There's just as Jesus's disciples are being questioned for not um, adhering to a system perfectly or at least to a system that was created by individuals, saying, why do you do this? You're, you're, you're not following it right. And they were walking through, like they were making a little you know, Nutrigrain bar or something, right, <laughs> and eating it, and now they're being questioned, you're not doing what is right. And, and Jesus answers the question and tells a story. A story for a group of people who knew David, knew the stories to David, knew the, this whole line of thinking. And so I was. as I read these, I always love to go back, right? And so this story is found in 1 Samuel. David was going to be a king. He was selected by God. But it was a little bit messier. There was already a king in place. That king was right there. His name was Saul. But Saul didn't listen to God. When God told Saul to do something. Saul didn't do it. And listen, Saul went his own way, and God was sad for making Saul king, and he says, okay, I'm going I'm to choose a king who will follow me, who will be after my heart. And so Saul is king, and God makes it messier. While Saul is still king, still living. The prophets say, oh, David's going to be king. David will be the next king and they'll spoken over him. You can read the stories early on of how this happens. For those of you who know it, um, shortly after, the Goliath, Goliath, the giant, shows up, right, taunting God and the people of God, and everyone was afraid because this man was, right, like, bigger than life, and David, a boy, sees it and is enraged and filled with the spirit of God, that God being taunted. And engages this giant with his stones, right? Throws a stone and, and kills the giant. Cuts off his head. That was David became a mighty warrior. King Saul gives one of his daughters to him to be married to him. And David continues to advance, and it's known he's going to be king. It's messy. Saul begins the king. He was the king of Israel. He had a son, Jonathan. he begins to hate David and wants to kill him. Because if David becomes king, that means no one in Saul's family will be king. They'll be done, right? The tribe of Benjamin will not be no longer ruling, right? The tribe of Judah will. Those a big deal. Same way it is in our world today. It's a big deal for power to be shifted. And Saul was angry and he wanted to kill David. And it was made known. And Saul's son, Jonathan saw it and warned David, and David fled because the king wanted to kill him and made it clear. So David is fleeing, and this is the story that Jesus tells. So David flees and he goes to where the priests are, and every day the priests were commanded in the Torah to make, or every, every week they made, uh, I think it was twelve loaves, right? Two layers, of bread. they made loaves of bread, and then the priests would eat the bread and only. The priests, the house of Aaron, were allowed to eat it. No one else. It was a gift to them through all time. David shows up to this house and is like, oh, the king sent me on this mission. And, uh, and it was super fast. I didn't have a chance to grab any food for me and my companions. Do you have any food? And the priest is like, oh, yeah, we've, we've got the consecrated loaves here that are only for, the, only for the priests, but you can have them. And so David takes the loaves and he's like, Oh, yeah. And by the way, I got this like super secretive mission that the king has sent me on. Do you got any weapons? And the priest's like, Well, I mean, we have Goliath's sword, right? One of kind, nothing like it. You know, the giant that you slayed, you could take that. David's like, Yeah, thank you. And he takes the sword. That's the story that Jesus is referencing. And then David flees with this bread he he runs and he feeds his people with this bread as he's fleeing for his life and for everyone else who is with them fleeing for their life interesting story but as i was reading and looking at it it to me it spoke of this value of life right this masterpiece of life that has been given to us. It has intimate, it has incredible value. Because Some would say they're gonna put the, they're gonna put the rules and they're gonna put the systems in place to say, oh no, no, these are in place, and so we need to obey this. And, and, and but yet God is saying, well, no, I mean, if, if people are in need, then we we break the rules in order to provide for the needs of people. We put aside our systems and regulations and And so it was an easy decision for that bread to be given to David and his companions. They needed it, they were hungry. And he fed it with them, even though they were like like that. That one is actually specifically in Torah saying, this is only for them. And was David on a mission from the king? No, he lied. And, And if you follow this story, Saul, there was, a, there was a guy there named Doeg who was there watching, and he went to King Saul and he said, hey, David was there, and the priest gave him bread and a sword. And the king pulled in this priest and said, you've committed treason against me. How could you let my enemy flee? And the priest was like, David's your son-in-law right? He's like, he's like fought along your side. He's, he's loved and honored. How? He's your enemy. And the king's like, kill the priest, and all the priests and his family. Annihilate them for giving to David. And the king's men, um, the soldiers who were near him, wouldn't do it. But Doeg, He grabbed his sword and he annihilated them all and then went into their city and killed everyone, every woman, every child, every sheep and every animal, right, it's a crazy story. As I was reflecting on that and Jesus even telling this story that is really, really sad, right, like like terrible, evil, right, And, and people being massacred and annihilated over power. Money position. It's like every person is a masterpiece. Doeg? (laughs) Right? Actually the scriptures never even say what happens to him. Some say Psalm 52 is actually written about him. There's a little note in Psalm 52 that's like, why do the wicked flourish? Right? Every person a masterpiece? How do, we, how, do we come to, how do we come to grips with these kinds of ideas? How do you, how do you live this out? Jesus seems to be pointing to David, who's saying he's going to use the food of priests and he's going to give it to his, his men and the families who need it in order to live. But interesting enough, David leaves. Um, the priest, with Goliath's sword. So at one time, David took on a giant, not with a sword, but with a slingshot, and killed him, right? But David does not take that sword against Saul. He won't. He won't fight against him, right? Because everyone's a masterpiece. He won't put his hand against God's person, And Saul is no different than any other person. I always found that really interesting. He will not put his hand against his enemy, against the one who wants to kill him again and again and again. He doesn't retaliate. And when Saul and his entire family except one are annihilated, I believe by the Philistines, right, a battle that, Saul caused and it was prophesied saying, hey, your whole family is going to be wiped out when they were David mourns Because every person is a masterpiece. What does it look like to live in that kind of spirit, right? Jesus seemed to do that, kind of followed that, that same sort of pattern, right? As he points to this story that he's going to provide for people in need that he's gonna step towards love and life-giving for others. And yet, when he's faced with the most brutal circumstances and the ugliness of all of humanity, not only against the religious leaders who were super envious and jealous, right? Like they said they were motivated only by that, by power and envy. And when they hand Jesus over to the Romans, who are even more notorious than that, and where Jesus is mocked and spit upon and beaten and ridiculed, mocked as a king, made naked and ashamed, Jesus makes no threat towards the Romans and those people about what's going to come their way. He didn't say, boy, if you don't repent, you know what? You know what's coming? God's going to strike you down. This whole thing's going to be turned over upside down on its head. Do you know what he says of them and to them? Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they're doing. (laughs) Right? They don't know what they're doing. Doesn't need to annihilate them. It wants them to come to their senses, because they were created in God's likeness, and they're a masterpiece but yet they don't know what they're doing. Have mercy. This value is messy lived out, right? Because it will drive us, right? It it will move us to hold high and to care for and to embrace our enemies, to defend them, to support them, right, to, to long for their well-being, even though they may not long for ours, because every person is a masterpiece, and we're seeing our God lift this out. We see Jesus illustrating this as he comes to bring redemption and salvation and make things new. These stories just sort of jumped out to me about longing to preserve life because they're about the value of life. So we'll preserve it for the sake of the needy. And this, this kind of application comes really simple. It's like, it's a no-brainer for us that if we felt like that we could tip the scale towards flourishing for a few people by wearing a mask, we will, Right? Because even if it's only a small percentage of flourishing that it could bring, regardless of what, right, it's not trying to get him into the science, right? But regardless of that, if it, it could help flourishing and, and, and well-being towards the vulnerable, the marginalized, the few, oh, yeah, we, we'll, we'll, we'll absolutely take our freedom and apply it to love, as Jesus did. Yes, Jesus did, right? Because every person is a masterpiece and will love indiscriminately in order to show that value. But the reality is, right, when we're living out this this value, this is definitely seen when it's applied to your enemy or it's applied toward the poor, towards those who, for all the principles and systems of this world, communicate that these people are less valuable. We, we know what our, who our society elevates. There's no question about that. But we also know who, who, is, who is lowered. And we're kind of saying, oh goodness, how, how could we agree with our God, agree with Jesus about the value of humanity to which Jesus, in obedience to the Father, would give his life for, sacrificial love, to say, oh, look how valuable everyone is created in the likeness of God, image bearers. That's what we long to do. What does that mean to live that out for you? How do we live that it's daily, right? And Harvey, I love the decisions, I love the stories that you guys were talking about, right? Somehow, drive into your car and you see a boy on a bike. Many, most of us would miss the boy. Driving in a car and seeing someone crying as they're driving at an intersection. Not only just seeing the interruption of meaning, well, I give them space, but to see their face and their emotion. Right? And wanting to convey something to them in that moment of kindness and compassion, it's beautiful. Right? And, and that's, that's part of it, right? Like, here's how it affects our daily living that, oh, every person is a masterpiece. It's, it's beautiful. I, I was told the story of Beth Lucas, right? I believe they're at home with their kids, and Beth saw two kids. Infants in an Applebee's parking lot standing there in diapers as she was late for something. My wife told me the story and I was just so, it was just so beautiful, right? So Beth saw these children and she's just watching them and looking, right? And no one was there. She was late. She had like 50 things she had to do. And all of a sudden, she was like, she saw them. She's like, I gotta pull in. And she pulls in and she's like, shocked right because they're filthy right like that's a mom she she knows a diaper that's been used more than once and she's looking for somebody and nobody's there And the last thing you want to do right or at least you don't want to be the first thing you don't, you don't you you don't want immediately to call the police right because you know the consequences of that unless it's necessary right and you're just kind of maybe the parent is somewhere right but nowhere to be found and her heart sinks, right, because you're seeing something These created in the image of God, these beautiful children. And she goes into Applebee's, and the staff there immediately begins to care for these kids, right? They're created in the image of God, using their gifts, how they're created. I, I tell you what, like, Applebee's employees, when's the last time you heard them get elevated? <laughs> Right? When's the last time you've heard Applebee's get elevated? <laughs> right? I, I, I have a story about Applebee's that, right, is the, is, the, is the point of my joke, but yet that place was the kingdom of God that day, right? Makes me want to go to Applebee's, uh, right? Because uh, you saw the way they loved that these people there, right, getting paid nothing, moving towards these kids because they see it and loving them and feeding them and protecting them and clothing them. And the nightmare continuing to set in that the parents aren't there. And then the police coming, and the police loving them, caring for them, right? Everyone, like it's one of these beautiful pictures of like, oh, you saw the beauty. And a parent shows up eventually, right? They find them. We don't know all the story, but all of it is like this beauty, this goodness in the midst of tragedy. In the midst of sorrow, in the midst of hardship, people stepping in the way they were created using their gifts, and Jesus being seen through Beth, these employees at Applebee's, the Rolowick police. Not every day looks that way, right? But when it does, it's beautiful. For us who hear the stories, we live that out. We see people. We see them as masterpieces. When everything around us, maybe even shouts, they should be silenced or they should be, right? You, you should cut them off, right? We see it differently. Let me close with so um, I was listening to NPR. And there's a writer by the name of Jason Reynolds. I don't know if if many of you know of him. He writes for children, maybe adolescents and stuff, and he's one of the foremost writers currently right now. Um, He's one of the most sought-after people to speak because he speaks to youth, Right? Uh, he writes beautifully, and I was just, I've never heard of him, right? I mean, I, I had—I knew that um, Ibram Kendi had asked him to rewrite his book um, stamped from the beginning to make it readable for kids. And I remember hearing that story and Jason's name being brought up. And, and, and so Jason is, has written a lot, right? And he knows that boys don't like to, majority, right, tend to be, the number of boys don't like to read. He knows that. He was, knows that, right? And it's not that they don't like to read. They don't like to be bored. Right? So his longing is to awaken people, boys and girls, but younger people. He gave a speech um, to a a university. You can find it online. He's a poet and he's a writer. And um, he is gifted, right? I encourage you to, to watch it it's beautiful and he's talking about that like like in this way and he's speaking to college graduates and and there's so many of these speeches that are like you know like hey spread your wings and soar right and you can fly up to your potential on using your gifts and all this kind of stuff right like like go fly go soar right take on the world and so he's, he's playing on those metaphors but he he's going into this this longing to want to change the world right wanting to empower people to change the world and, and he uses that metaphor of soaring, and, and he says that, you know, the challenge with soaring too high is that it distorts your view of people who aren't flying, right? That you're not able to, like, they're, they're so small. You're not able to see them. And he says, like, what is it to spread our wings and to fly, but yet we, we, we remain tethered to people? How we changed the world. And his, and his whole thing was like even this value, it's like, yeah, you're created in the image of God and you've been, you've been created with gifts and, and talents. But if those gifts and talents cause you to soar above and beyond where we're not able to see people who are created in the image of God and respond to them, then we've soared too high, right? Like we've, we've, we haven't fully grasped what that means for us all to be created in the image of God. And as poets do, right, they use language beautifully. He ends this whole time where he's like, spread your wings, fly. And if you see someone in need of a feather or two, give them one. Right? Uh, I loved that. He's like, use your feathers, right? Use what God has given you. And if you see them in need, give it to them. That's what it looks like. To be created in the image of God, living out the value that every person is a masterpiece. with great gifts. So God, may these truths, these ideas, these things that were spoken today, meet them with your spirit, God. And for the discrepancies that are here, Holy Spirit, come, for those of us who cannot see, who have not heard that you speak over the masterpiece that we are, that have heard that from God the Father, from the creator of all things, the God who danced at our birth, who celebrates us, who smiles upon us, who likes to talk with us and who wants to sit with us, who comes near to speak and whisper to us, oh, Holy Spirit, come. And push away those lies that are speaking against the grandest truth that we were created in your likeness. Let your recreation continue to unfold by the work of your spirit in us. We welcome it. Holy Spirit, come and wage battle against the lies. Come Holy Spirit. Do that work, Lord, because it's power with you sets people free. Spirit of living God, come. And Lord, (laughs) open our eyes to see people, see their beauty and their goodness created in your likeness, honoring them, cherishing them, holding them up, being curious about them, who you've designed them to be, and all the good that is in them. Let us see them, love them, support them. Laugh with them, right? let us let us be a part. Come, Lord, let us live this value today. Amen. Amen. Tom has picked this song, right, and it's new. I've never even heard it, right? And so I love it when we have people in here who um, find music that moves them, right? That speaks to him. And, And Tom is a musician, right, a school teacher, teaches kids music, right, and Girls Point, and a really good teacher and loves music and and in marty as well right? they and when they pick songs they they pick them purposefully right and i love that and so a lot of times we believe that music can move us differently right God can speak to us and meet us and so may we be met by god in this song right by melodies and lyrics may this be a moment that you would encounter god's spirit today and find connection with god as we do this together, so I invite you stand, receive, sing, sit. But um, let's join with Tom in this in this moment of worship, and then uh, as and we'll close with this, right? So as the song's done, you can feel free to go grab your kids and or stick around and hang out and talk to people. Thanks, Tom. I love
1: when we annually go through. Core values of the church. It's it's always a little bit deeper every year. I find the longer that I'm a member of this community and we find ourselves going back through it, there's always a new layer and more to it. And the every person is a masterpiece. One is probably my favorite value. Um, as as both said, I try and pick music sometimes that ties in with the message, and, and sometimes I. I pick songs because they speak to me and then as i'm sitting i realize that the music's more connected than i thought it was and i think that's that's not an accident i mean that's not me that's that's some that's that's definitely God at work so i want to go back for a second to, the, to one of the songs we did beforehand because it spoke to somebody and i want to point out the lyric um, i'm no longer a slave to fear i am a child of god and, and i'd like you to say that with me out loud because there's something powerful about being able to articulate out loud together. So once again, I'm no longer a slave to fear. I am a child of God. That's something that you should say to yourself often, especially in moments of distress. Um, And and then going to the song we're going to end with today, Stand in Your Love, I believe we have the chorus up there. This is another chance to just affirm and take that even further. I love when a line is powerful enough that a song chorus is just the same thing over and over again. What I'm going to ask is that you use your masterpiece voices that God gave you and just testify with us in this song today. When we get to the chorus, let's rattle these walls a bit and have some fun because your fear doesn't stand a chance when you stand in the love of God. So... Please feel free to stand up and join us as we close out today. Thank you for being with us today.